Hey guys, welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And why do I always say books weird? You know that's not. No, I haven't noticed that. I think it's just you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is just (laughs) Ooh. Well, we are back for our book club episode this week. We're talking about one of our favorite author Scarlett St. Clair's A Game of Fate, which is Hades' version of A Touch of Darkness, which we read. Mm-hmm. It was this year, right? Yeah, yeah earlier. it was this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But before we do that, we'll uh, talk about our second suite. What's your suck for the week? So, my second suite kind of goes hand in hand. I hate when that happens. I know. So we've had a lot of rain for like the past week. So yeah, our vegetable I, garden I, has like become a jungle. <laughs> oh, you gotta send me a pic. Yeah, because I've I've started we started to weed some of it this morning before it started sprinkling, but it's still like way out of hand. And because of that, we now have like squash bug infestations on our squash plants. Oh. And it's a mess. Like, we don't like to use chemicals, but we do, because that's the only way to get rid of these things that we found so far. Oh. Like, I've tried everything. I've tried wives' tales of planting oregano with them. I don't know. I've tried other stuff. Like, we did use something originally that worked, but it harmed the bees, and I swapped that out for a bee-safe one, yeah. at least. But I'm still trying to find something to get rid of those things. I think I've heard Dawn and Wild. Try that next as well. So when you say it's a jungle, like everything's overgrown, so does that mean all the veggies and stuff are ready? No, they're not ready yet, but they're getting huge. So when we do get vegetables, it's going to be a massive haul. Oh, good, because I'm I'm ready for my yearly basket. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got, like, these six-foot sunflowers that are going to come up as well. Like, it's already taller than I am. Oh my god, did you plant sunflowers? Yeah, we planted a few. They're That's giant. Cool. Take a picture of those, we can post it. That'd be pretty. They're not open yet. Like, one's okay. just now sprouting because we're going to get all the seeds, but they're still growing because they're supposed to get, I mean, six feet, and they just now hit over five and a half. And we're expecting more rain today and tomorrow, so. Yeah. yeah. It is. Listen, I know washing. Okay, here's the thing. If you take the amount of rainfall that we actually get, we get more than, like, Oregon and Washington. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of rain because it rains, like, every day. But it rains for, like, 20 minutes, and then it's just, like, you know, misty the rest of the day. Right. But when we get rain, it's, like, a monsoon. Like, day after day after day. Like, it's been, like, a week solid of rain with, like, breaks here and there. We have, like, (laughs) flash flooding. Um, I literally saw a picture of a dude that, Because, like, if you're out driving in it already and then it starts flash flooding, like, you have to get out of it. So he, like, opened his door and all this fucking water came out. Because, you know, the water, I mean, it'll get up to two feet quickly, especially if there's, like, a dip in the road. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're in a car. Whew. That's one way to total out your car is flood the engine like that. Man, yeah, we've had a lot of rain. It rains a lot in Texas. Um, you're probably wondering why we live in Texas. <laughs> because of all the extreme weather. But After every tornado warning, I wonder, but you know. <laughs> uh, we have had um, the other night, 
we were laying in bed. I can't remember what night it was. And the sirens were going off. So we get in the closet and my mom calls and there was, they confirmed there was a tornado, um, like an exit above where we live on 75. Oh no. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. I just triangulated where I live. Great. <laughs> no one knows. Only local people will know that. <laughs> okay. So my suck for the week. Um, this is gross. I don't care. Last week I talked about my incisions. It's really gross. Well, now that all the surgical glue is coming off, my skin is like breaking out. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I have the chicken pox. Oh no. And it's itchy AF and I'm freaking miserable. And I went to the doctor Thursday, and she's like, oh, yeah, you just don't like the glue, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, can you do something? Can you make this go away? Jeez, and rice. Some chamomile lotion or something? See, it's got some cortisone in there, and it does feel a lot better. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's nice. Oh, but it's, it's freaking miserable, and I feel good. Can't wait for this to be over. Anyways, what's your sweet for the week? That our garden's going to be huge. <laughs> That's why I said so, it went hand in hand. I know last time I was over there, you were saying y'all were going to redo the, whatever they're called. Did y'all redo them or are you going to redo them after these are done? No, we have to wait until after these are done. Like we'll okay. probably redo them over the summer because it'll be between our plants. Because we plant in the spring and we plant in the fall. What do you plant in the fall? Winter vegetables like broccoli, um, spinach, kale, Bunch of collard greens. Oh, my God. I remember that one year you gave me a butt ton of kale and spinach. Yeah. And that was just barely anything. <laughs> oh, my God. We had so much. I think Steve froze some of it to use because we had so much of it. Lacey is a hedge witch. Like, the amount of stuff that she grows is insane. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever posted a picture. I think I posted a picture of that basket you gave me last year. Yeah. On our bookstagram. I mean, and that was a ton. And that was just like what? That probably wasn't even like a fourth of what y'all had. Oh, no, not even. That was just a little sample of everything that was ready at that point. Because it's very, you don't think about it unless you actually plant. It starts turning in waves. So, like, there'll be some tomatoes that turn red before the rest of them. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll go through and pick those out and eat those. And then the next day or two, there'll be, like, another wave of tomatoes that turn red or something. And then I think you gave me so many eggplants last year. I had to, like, give some to my mother-in-law and to my mom. Because, I mean, we just could not eat them all. Those are going to be huge already, I can tell. The eggplant? It was good. We made some... um eggplant parmesan in the air fryer dude yeah we did too we did too i'm looking forward to that because that shit was so good mm-hmm. and i found a gordon ramsay recipe this time around that i'm gonna try that's like a barbecue eggplant you do in the oven oh i can't wait oh what is that i'll have to send you the link you like bake it you rub it with these spices bake it and then you peel the skin off and put barbecue sauce on it and then bake it some more that sounds really good. Yes, I did post a pic of the haul you gave me. It looks like there's hatched chilies. Oh, no, those would have been um, poblanos. Poblanos, okay. Planted more of those. Red tomatoes, some green tomatoes. What were these orange things? Were those bell peppers? Or, okay. No, those are jubilee tomatoes. A cantaloupe and eggplant. 
That was such a fun day. <laughs> um, okay, my sleep for the week is Steve and I finally went on a date night last night. Ooh, what'd you do? So that was Steve's first time in a restaurant, but we sat on the patio because he is not fully committed yet. But I don't. <laughs> we sat on a patio, so this is his first time going to a restaurant in fifteen months. Is it fourteen months? Yes. Yeah. About four, almost 15, almost 15. Yeah, that was his first time. Um, we just went out to eat for some Mexican food. Um, I didn't get to enjoy it because, you know, my special diet sucks. Um, but Steve got to enjoy it, and he got a watermelon margarita, which looked fantastic. Watermelon margaritas are my freaking favorite. They are so good. Um, so I watched him drink that, and then... First time in a restaurant in 14 months, and Steve left his debit card there. <laughs> so we went to the grocery store and then went to pay and realized, well, he's like, shit. And if you know my husband, you know he is notorious for this. He leaves his credit card all the freaking time when we go out. One time when we used to live in Colorado, we went to Denver, which was like an hour and a half from where we lived. And we went on a date night, and then as we got home... He realized he had left his credit card in Denver. <laughs> so the man goes through credit cards. I'm surprised they haven't started charging him for new ones yet. <laughs> He's left it so many freaking places. In the ATM, which if you leave it in the ATM, it'll destroy it. It'll like, if you leave it sitting there for like 90 seconds, it'll suck it back in and like destroy it. Oh my goodness. I have actually done that. I will admit I have done that before. Um, but they can tell you, you just call and you're like, Hey, I don't know where my card is. And they're like, Oh yeah, you left in the ATM. It's destroyed. We'll send you a new one. <laughs> yeah. I've had mine hold mine before. Like I, you know, put in my pen and I guess there was like a suspected fraudulent on it. Oh, so really? it, stuck, yeah, it sucked it in and it said I had to go inside to get it back. <laughs> so how'd they get it out? Uh, they didn't. They just issued me a new one. Oh, that. Okay. Well, as long as you got a new one. But then it sucks because, you know, you're used to that number. You have it memorized. You have all your auto pay shit set up. Yeah, that's the biggest headache. Eda, pain in the ass. So now we're going to have to change all our auto pay again since, you know. <laughs> well, no. Well, he got it back. But I'm like, dude, you better check that and make sure they didn't write down that number or some shit. I think we should just get a new one anyways. Just to be safe. It wouldn't hurt. But, Yeah. The date was fun. Um, we also went to the bookstore. That's my idea of a date. Dinner and a bookstore. Oh, yeah. And I found those Magical Bakery series books, which I always look. I've seen the first one a few times, but that was um, eight and nine. So I went ahead and bought them because I'm like, I know I'm going to read them eventually. And they're only three ninety nine, which on Amazon, they're like seven ninety nine. Yeah, they're so much more expensive. But then I went on my freaking audiobook app and they're all on there and i'm of like course. mother trucker of course so it is what it is whatever <laughs> <laughs> um yep that's my sweet anything else going on with you this week no i don't think so no before we started recording Lacey and i were talking about we want to go on like a summer trip like yes. domestic u.s um but we don't want to go somewhere where it's hot because it's hot here. 
So we're trying to brainstorm. I said Washington or Oregon. Lacey said Colorado. Colorado's nice in the summer, especially if we go up in the mountains. That would be fun to right. you up if you went kayaking. I think you you like to kayak, right? I've never kayaked, but I've gone on several canoes and I've two and I need you know, boats and everything, so I'm sure I'd be fine. I think it'd be fine. Um, the only thing, this one place we go in Colorado, the kayaks are like sport kayaks, so they're very narrow. Uh, so the only thing that's going to be different than <laughs> canoe is like the slightest little movement, and you'll start yeah. tipping. So you just have to, you figure it out really quick once you're in it, like once you're sitting in it. Maybe we'll go kayaking around here so you can get the feel for it first. What do you think about that? Maybe. Because I know it's different. A lot different than canoes. It is. But it's fun. It's... I enjoy it. Um, there's actually a place... I found a place not too far from, from here we could go. And you could test it out. See how you like it. Um, but Washington or Oregon would be fun, too. I've never been to Oregon. I haven't either. I've heard it's really pretty. Washington is, I'm sure they're the same. Washington is freaking beautiful. So pretty. Not like Seattle, like the outskirts. Like Yeah, I just, I want, I want trails. I want lots, lots, yes. lots of trails. So I was like um, in Forks, Washington. Yes, that Forks from Twilight. And that's like <laughs> the Olympic National Forest. Oh my God, it is so beautiful. One of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. We should go there. There's this place I really want to go to that's, um, so you have like Washington and then very close up there is Vancouver, Canada. Oh, yes. And then there's a bunch of little islands. There's Vancouver Island, which is a Canadian island, which is, I've heard is beautiful. But there's, um, the San Juan Islands and there's one in particular I want to go to called Orcas Island. And there's like a ton, like orcas live there year round and that's actually on the U.S. side. So it's closer to flying into Vancouver, but you know, Canada's not letting Americans in right now. So we would have to fly into Seattle and then drive up and take a ferry to the, to the San Juan Islands. But like the orcas, I've been watching videos. They just like, you're in your kayak and they're just like swimming on up, looking at, seeing what you're doing. <sighs> would that be scary at the same time though? It'd be cool, but scary. But they won't hurt you. Like they're not going to eat you or anything. They're well, extremely intelligent, and they know the difference between, like, people go diving and stuff with them. They know the difference between humans and, like, their food. They're just coming up to see, like, what you're doing. But I did, so you know those Meg books that I like? About the Megalodons, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. The shark. So in the fourth book, one of the megalodons goes up to these islands and so a pot like a pack of orcas maybe even like two orcas could kill like a 25 foot great white shark orcas are the king of the freaking ocean dude they don't play and they're like killers but not to humans there's like never been a report of a human dying by orca in the wild, only at SeaWorld, bitches. True. Look that up. What? So in my I can book, understand. Um, I can yeah. understand that. Fuck SeaWorld. So in my book, one of the megalodon. Actually, I think two of the megalodons go up there 
and they start like so people are out kayaking looking at all the orcas and then the fucking Meg eat them. <laughs> the people. <laughs> so yeah, I probably would have a little PTSD from that scene, but I would still do it. A Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've talked about orcas for like ten minutes. Okay. It's okay. It's our podcast. Yeah. I'm sure everybody podcast. enjoys it. Or they wouldn't be here, right? Okay. Whatever we want. So overall, how did you like a game of fate? So I liked it better than first seven. You did? Yes. Wow. Okay. Because I just feel like <clears throat> she's really whiny <laughs> and needy because that's who she is. And I just, I like seeing Hades' point of view. Yes, me too. Um, I think I like A Touch of Darkness more. I also think it's because I read it first. First, yeah. So you um, were, we were surprised more than this one because yes. we already knew the story. Yes. There were... We'll get into it, but there's a lot that you get from this book that you don't get from the other book. So I think it's worth reading if you like A Touch of Darkness. I think you should definitely read A Game of Fate. But we really don't need to give a synopsis because yeah. it's the same story line yeah. as A Touch story of Darkness. Story of so. and Persephone. Yep. I love. There you go. But from his point of view. <laughs> So we'll just get into the question. What was your favorite part of the book? I'd say it's a series of things. I liked seeing what Hades was doing in between the periods that they saw each other. Mm -hmm. And I also liked the backstory that they gave us on everybody that he interacted with. So like the fates, you know, the guy that helped fix the shears you know, all of the titans and what happened with some of them and, you know, all of that. It was just, I just liked it. The Faistus. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> and, yeah, so we get to meet some new characters. Um, you, like she said, you get to see what Hades is doing in between because, like, Persephone's just, you know, she's going to work, she's going to school, and then she's going to see him. Okay, what does he do all day? Let me tell you, Hades is busy AF. He is just really? nonstop. He's putting out fires everywhere. So it was cool to see what he's doing. I agree with that. Um, what was my favorite part of the book? <laughs> I think just meeting new characters, seeing more of like the God side of things. Mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite part. I was worried going into it that, Getting his point of view would make me like love him less, but he's right. Gen- I mean, he's genuine in his feelings for her. Everything he told her is what he was truly feeling on the inside. So, I like more to him. There's more to him that could come out. There's more. Um, like, you know, when he falls in love with her, he's like, you know, I will literally destroy everything that tries to take her away from me. You get to see like why he's so passionate and and stuff on her side you get it from his mind you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you also yeah. get the darker sides of him you do get the darker sides which i like <laughs> i did too what does that say about me <laughs> i don't know but you had to know going into this that he's a god of death so yeah 
he's not just peaches and cream. Exactly. He's the king of Thunderworld for a reason. He's had to deal with a lot of shit. I mean, compare his day with Zeus's day. Yeah. You're going to have some fucking darkness in you. You know what I mean? What was your least favorite part of the book? Having to go through the whole mint thing again, but from his perspective. Yes. Like, oh, I don't I, like her. I totally I like agree her. with you. I even wrote down, I have never liked her, but this book makes me really hate her. Who talks to their boss like that? A. Yeah. Who talks to Hades, the god of death, like that? Why does he keep her around? Three, if you want to get into his pants, snarkiness is not the way. No. She's a fucking bitch, and her motives are crystal clear, and I do not understand why he keeps her around. Well, you know, that also makes me question, like, why can't he see it when he looks at her, like, when he looks to her soul, or maybe he does and just ignores it? I don't know. That's a but, good point, yeah, because he know? can see people's souls. Maybe she has, Maybe nymphs don't have souls? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's some mystical thing where they can't see certain people's. I don't know. I don't know. I thought he could see everybody. You know. That's a good idea. That's a good point. Why can't he see hers and see? Because, you know, Hecate's like, hey, I've heard her talking with her other little nymph friends, talking shit about Persephone. And um, he, like, still doesn't do anything. It well, and, like, he can see Adonis clearly, like, just like that. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's trash. Mm-hmm. It basically takes her deeply betraying him for him to, like, fire her, basically. I don't think Maybe he's just very freaking... I don't know. I don't either. But I I would say maybe he's very forgiving, but no, he's not. Look at the torture he does. He's not very forgiving. There's also some people that are like, yeah, they did this, but I'm willing to overlook it because they've been so loyal in the past, you know? So maybe it's like that kind of situation. Where he's like, okay, yeah, she's acting like a bitch lately, but, like, you know, all these other thousands of years, she was a good little servant. I don't know. Pure speculation. We should ask Scarlett. I should have emailed her. (laughs) Next question. These are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and a mix of our own, by the way. Um, Was it a fast or slow read and why? It was fast again. It's always fast with Scarlett's books. Yeah, you just want to keep reading and see what happens. Um, I think I finished A Touch of Darkness pretty quick in like a couple of days, yeah. but this one I spread it out, so it was kind of like a regular paced read for me. It wasn't by any means hard to get through. Okay, and now we're back. Um, <laughs> our Skype kicked us like both of middle of us talking and then we were like oh my god I don't think it saved the first half but it did alright it was so weird yeah it was really weird because like everything just like shut off like the call yeah that was me yeah (laughs) it's like we were moving on to the next question that it said uh rate your call and I was like what (laughs) so the last we were just talking about that it was a fast or slow read and why so, next question would be, which event, scene, character has stuck with you the most? I'm still going to say Hades. I'm pretty sure I said him the first time around, and it's still going to be the same. Yeah. I just, so if you I, didn't, know, I just love him. 
I love him too. Um, there's a reason why, like, he does everything. Like, if you didn't listen to the Touch of Darkness episode, this is a retelling of Hades and Persephone. And, but it's different because Persephone's, like, actually falling in love with Hades. She's not, like, a prisoner of the underworld, like Greek <laughs> mythology. And um, it's modern times. She's a college student. She has an internship at a newspaper. He's the god of the underworld, but he owns, like, a club. So it's kind of like their courtship, how they're falling in love. Her mother, Demeter, has forbade her to see him. But, um, yeah, we don't listen to our parents, so she's doing him anyways. Well, plus Hades like, I'm a god, too. I can do what I want. Yep. Well, then Hades finds out that the fates have basically, like, it's their destiny to be together. It's her destiny to be queen of the underworld. And it's like, you can't really go against that. But they love, they fall in love anyway. So it's kind of like, okay, well, good, that worked out. <laughs> so, in this book, since it's from Hades' point of view, you're getting his side of everything, plus everything that, like Lacey said, everything that he's doing in the meantime. So we meet a ton of new characters because in his story, he is dealing with this, uh, try to say his name. I can't remember how to say it. Sisyphus. But that is actually a real, like, Greek. That's another story that Scarlet has, like, woven into this book. Um, so Sisyphus was a king and he did try to cheat death. So she's basically just spun it to modern times. He's immortal. Yeah, he's immortal. Trying he's to cheat immortal, death. but he's using like black magic and shit like that, trying to cheat death. In the book, he's like, um, I think he's like a drug lord or something, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the, in Greek myth, he, he's punished for cheating death and like, in the underworld, he's forced to roll an immense boulder up a hill only for it to roll down every time it neared the top, repeating the action for eternity. That sucks. Um, so Scarlet so put that in her author's note. I know. <laughs> and she said in her author's note, the reason that he made him do that is so he can watch himself succeed and then see it all unravel as it rolls back <laughs> down the hill. In the book, I don't think Hades is, I think Hades is probably going to like flay him. He is so mad at him. Yeah. And he even at one point, what, how do you say it? Sif- I think it's Sisyphus. Sisyphus, I don't know. He the fate's golden shears that they use when someone's going to die and they, like, cut their thread. So they tell Hades, listen, if you don't get him, we're going to untether you and Persephone. And that's not going to be y'all's destiny anymore. And he's like, uh-uh, I will move heaven and earth to get this fool back. Um, but the dude is like eluding him and it's driving him crazy. So that's a big and plot. Book. Yeah, and he's with his brother, Poseidon. And Poseidon's little bitch ass son, Theseus. Yes, that Theseus, like Theseus' ship, um, is helping him because he's a member of the triad. And the triad basically like hates the gods and they don't want them in power anymore. Did I explain that right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much as clear as you can explain it. So, he goes to Poseidon. We get to meet Poseidon a little bit more. His wife. Um, we get to see Zeus because he does have to, Hades has to go to Olympia. 
for like a meeting or something. We get to meet Aphrodite's husband, who is more of Aphrodite. Yep, and her husband is Hephaestus. Hephaestus. He is the god of fire, metalworking, stone masonry. Um, he's the son of Zeus and Hera, and he's married to Aphrodite by Zeus to prevent a war of the gods fighting for her hand. He was a smithing god, making or smithing, since he's making weapons for Olympus and acts as a blacksmith for the gods. That is per GreekGodsAndGoddesses.net. Um, fun fact: Did you read the author's note at the end? I don't think I did. So she said her next series after this is going to be about Aphrodite and Hephaestus. Oh, interesting. So that's another thing that you get to learn in this book when Aphrodite comes to Hades to start the little bet because she wants one of her lovers back from the underworld. And Hades is like, you're married. Like you love your, I know you love your husband. So why don't you just be with him? But like, she won't talk to him and Hephaestus won't talk to her. Mature, right? They're thousands of years old and they won't talk to one another. Yeah. But, um, so he goes to Hephaestus also because he needs help repairing the shears for the fates. And, um, he's like a closed book, dude. He's not getting anything away. He won't talk about it. He's just like, yeah. So I wonder what their book's going to be about. Yeah, because even, even, uh, Aphrodite, she's like, for somebody who works with fire so much, she has none inside. Yes. She <laughs> that and like, she goes to Zeus asking for a divorce and Zeus is like, nope. And the Hades asks Hephaestus, he's like, what do you, like, what's going on? And he's like, I just want her to be happy. <laughs> so they have a very weird dynamic. Um, you get, you get to see a little bit of that and then, I guess after this series is done, we'll get their books and get a whole lot more of their story. Um, next question. What did you think of the writing? Are there any standout sentences or vocabulary? I mean, same time, first time around, the writing is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Not overly descriptive. It's just enough. You know, she gives us everything we want. Yep. And she, like, obviously knows what she's talking like as far as greek mythology because the way she weaves these stories in it's It's like i didn't even realize that sisyphus is like a real story i didn't realize that until i read her author's note and then looked it up and i was like dang like i I didn't even know it's just so woven into the story i'm like good job scarlet like i i already had you know like an interest in Greek mythology, and this just makes it like ten times worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another book that I've had on my shelf for a while. It's just called Mythology, but I think it kind of goes into all of it. Uh, I think I'm finally gonna read it. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: Would you want to read another book by this author? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I and and side note, it made me excited because in the front of this one. She has a book order, and she's even got the books in there that she has not released yet. Mm-hmm. So you know we're getting at least four more books. Yep, we're getting two more for Persephone, and then we're getting the last three for Hades. So there's going to be four of, from each perspective per Goodreads. But when this episode comes out is when her new book drops. Tuesday, baby. Tuesday. I'm so excited. I already pre-ordered it. I need to do that. Uh, did the uh, I lost my I lost my place. 
Next question. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? It's always hot. Yes. And hearing his side of it, he just, like, really lusts for her. Yeah. And he's like, I've lived thousands of years. I've obviously had sex with other women, but something about her, like, woo. And, again, that bath scene. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I will say, um, because I know the last time when we read A Touch of Darkness, I talked with Kelly, and we were both like, because you have to get through, like, 50% of the book before they finally yeah. do it. And it's the same with this one. It's a good chunk of the book before they do it. So you're, it's building it up again, and you're like, oh, my God, I need to hurry up and do it, or I'm going to combust. You're like, somebody turn off hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and the part in the first book, okay, so you know where she's, like, laying in her bed this is going to get x-rated really quick. So if you have kids in the room, turn it off. Um, you know the part where she's in her bed, like, touching herself? And she thinks he's watching her, but she thinks she, like, dreamed it or something? No, he's there. He's actually watching her. Yes. And he's pleasuring himself as well. And he, like, basically astral projects there. And he's like, that's the hottest experience of my life. And I'm like thousands of years old. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. Um, what surprised you most about the book? I mean, not, not much because we already knew, knew the story. But <laughs> still, the behind the scenes were quite a surprise because there's just a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? Still love it. Yep, me too. Loved it. Nothing really changed. Um, how did the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? I think that's perfect. Yes, because essentially the entire book, even though he's doing all these different things, is to make sure his fate stays the same. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's trying to correct the fate of somebody that has tried to cheat his fate cheat. as well. Yes, yes. And when that dude cheats death twice um it's a soul for a soul so other people die and when hades goes to their souls because that dude was using like black magic their soul is damaged and they can't be reincarnated so they're basically just like done and hades doesn't like that no he hates it he takes them to the little valley and leaves them to rest yes that is very sad uh is this book overrated or underrated Probably underrated. underrated. I agree. Like more people should be talking about this stuff. They should. I am so glad we came across these books. (laughs) Me too, because I probably would have never had you. Never. I don't know that I would have ever heard of it. Well, had we not done this podcast, I wouldn't have been searching like I was and found this book. It's just crazy. Like some good books that just never get like the word of mouth that they should, and then you have some of these books that are just all over the place and that suck. And that get turned into movies, and you're that like, get, or, yes. So did you watch Woman in the Window yet? I did. I did. Did you like it? I mean, it was kind of predictable. But, it um, was. Yes, I agree with predictable. Except who the killer was. Yeah, yeah. I well, I mean, I kind of predicted that, but I did not see that she was the birth mother and not, like, the mom. Oh, yeah. That was a good... So, 
Yeah, we're going way off topic. If you haven't watched Woman in the Window or read it, don't listen. But um, when she found the earring on her tenant's nightstand. I thought he killed her. I, I wondered that. But then that's when I knew. I was like, okay, he's probably boned her. And then she probably is real. When I saw that earring, that confirmed for me that she was real. But that she, but I didn't catch it the first time. The second time, when she's like, "You must be Mrs. So and So," and she's like, "Why would you think that?" Like she doesn't say that she is. But she doesn't say that she isn't. But she doesn't say that she isn't. She's just like, "Why would you think that?" But she does confirm that she's that boy's mom. So it is confusing. And I knew at the beginning when she was like talking to her husband, I was like, "Steve, they're dead. Her family's dead. This is why she's not going outside." See, I didn't know if they were dead but I knew something happened I wonder if the book has more like clues like foreshadowing on like that the killer is the son you know what I mean yeah I, I'll, I'll probably read the book in like a year <laughs> yeah I want to read the book because the, I thought the tenant was the killer because at one point when she opens the door like down to his basement like he's talking to somebody else but yes. you hear this like kind of crying in the background yes. yes so that's why I thought that he had killed her me too. I wonder. And I think that they want you to think that. Right. So do you know, you know, the guy that plays her tenant? Do you know who that is? I've seen him before. Okay. He has very famous parents. Do you want to guess? I mean, he looks a little bit like Kurt Russell. Okay. Yes. He is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. I did not know that. Yeah. And he, if you close your eyes, he sounds like Kurt Russell. I didn't. I haven't done that, but he does look a little bit like him. He does. It's weird because he looks like both of them. Like yeah, you look at him does. one way, and you're like, he looks just like Kurt Russell, and then he turns his head, and you're like, he looks just like Goldie Hawn. It's crazy. He's also in the Captain America show, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and he plays the new Captain America. And when he was announced, like I think it was like the first episode, dude, the internet hated him. Of course they, they did. made fun of him so bad. I felt but then you find out later like they want you to feel that way. So it's a good show. You should watch it. Anyways, back to our book. <laughs> <laughs> um did this book remind you of any other books or is it an original idea? It's I mean it's still original. Yeah. I mean it's a retelling but But it's still original. Yeah. yeah. She's put her own story and her own stuff into it, so. How it's did an it embellishment. Impact? Yes, it is an embellishment. And it's set in modern times. Um, how did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? Absolutely. Of Same. This one's staying on my bookshelf. It'll be one I Same. read. I read them on my Kindle, but then, you know, I told you I ordered those signed copies, so, like, mm -hmm. that's how much I loved it. I should have. I should have ordered. But she'll, yeah. I'm sure she'll do it again. Uh, I'm sure they will do it again because the that box that particular box is sold out. But I'm sure they'll do it with like the second book in the series. Oh yeah. Um, would you consider rereading? Yes. I will too. Who's to say I'm not already doing it before Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you have time. As fast as these go, you can definitely read them before Tuesday. Um. Any lingering questions or plot holes from the book you're still thinking about? No, I think we hit the one about, you know, how we couldn't see him to mint. I think I had one. Okay, yes. 
I don't remember in the other book, but Hades mentions in this book that he cannot have children. Okay, he. I don't think he's mentioned that in the other ones, because I don't remember, recall that at all. It's the part where they're at the ball, and, you know, all the souls love Persephone, and she's, like, playing with one of the kids and lifting them up, and he. I think he's talking to Hecate, and he tells her, like, Look at look at how amazing she is, and look at how she is with the souls and the kids, and I can never give her that. And then he says something like, it's something that I made peace with a long time ago or something. Something along those lines. So I'm like, why can't he have children? See, but when... Like, when the bet first started, like, he, he it mentioned that he even thought in his head after she said, well... I can't grow anything or, you know, whatever. I can't, what am I supposed to grow in the underworld? He's like, well, you know, growing plants isn't one way. Like, he even thought that. So I, that it makes me wonder what it is. Because if he thought that, then, and he can't have children, why did he even think it in the first place? Yeah. Like, is this a Bridgerton situation? Yeah, where he just doesn't want kids or, you know, <laughs> doesn't think he'll be a good father. Like, is, yeah. is that what we're doing again? Yeah. I I would like, maybe, I'm sure she put it in there for a reason. Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. sure There's she's going to touch on it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, another plot hole. Has it ever said why Demeter hates Hades so much? No. But I think it eventually will because, I mean, how many books does she have left? Yeah. And it's just now touching on, you know, that he knew Persephone would hate him because of who her mother is. So. Yeah. And when she had Persephone, apparently she had to go bargain with the fates to have a, ba- a baby in the first place. And that was their condition. Okay, you can have this baby, but we're going to let you know she's going to be the queen of the underworld. You know? Like, Demeter knew that going into it. Right. So no, when I- she has her and she keeps her locked up and doesn't let her magic develop and shit, she's trying to keep her from what, the thing that she agreed to. So it's like, well, I don't understand. Did something happen between Demeter and Hades that they hate one another? Or is it just because of this whole fate thing and she's just prejudiced against him? Or is it like something prior? Yeah. But, you know, since you said that, I'm wondering if he can't have kids and if, like, fate's going to come in later. Like, if Persephone's going to do the same thing that Demeter did, like, bargain with the fates to have a child. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Um, another, another one. It, it mentions several times that Hecate is older than Hades and Poseidon and Zeus. Yet they're the three in charge. But why is she older than them? Right. Like most of the other gods are like children of those three. So I wanted to dig more into that. I didn't do it before. I should have done it for this episode. But I wanted to know why it mentions that several times. Um. Maybe, maybe she's like Mother Nature herself, so, you know, she had to create all of it for them to even be in charge. Because she's the goddess of witchcraft, witchcraft's been around forever than, like, you know, the Greek gods, because before them it was the Titans, and witchcraft was around before that. So, maybe she's like a child of the Titans, I don't know, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Or it could just, I mean, Scarlet could tell us later on. Yeah, she might tell us. Because it does mention it several times. Um, let see. What else did I pull up for this? Um, 
Looking at my notes, I'm casting. So we have a lot of new characters. Did you do any kind of casting? I didn't cast any additional. So, you know the god of death, the one that, like, he, he's basically the reaper? Yes. Thanatos? Yes. I was thinking that dude that plays Draco Malfoy would be good for him, because it mentions he has, like, white blonde hair. Okay. I mean, anyone could have white blonde hair. Or, you know, Henry Cavill. (laughs) No, Henry Cavill is Hades, girl. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) After The Witcher. (laughs) It is true. He does have some white blonde hair in The Witcher. But Henry has the acting chops and the body to be Hades. The big body. Like, Hades is a big dude. So we also, since we've learned Poseidon and Zeus, I was thinking Chris Hemsworth for Poseidon. Yeah, I can see that. It mentions he's, like, tan and blonde. Zeus, Zeus, I was thinking, like, Christian Bale with a beard. Like, a long beard. You know, he's got that commanding energy. What? That's true. You don't think he'd be Santa Clausy? Well, it doesn't have to be a white beard. It could be like a brown beard or something. That's true. That's true. Although, like, think of other actors that have played Zeus. Um, Liam Neeson. Mm, true. True. I'm trying to think who else has played Zeus. In the new Thor movie, I think Russell, a fat Russell Crowe is going to play Zeus. Because I've seen pictures of him. And he is looking Who's a little fat. He's not supposed to be fat. But apparently, in this storyline of Thor, he is. Because I had the same question. I was like, WTF? Zeus is, I mean, you've got to cast the right person for him. Because people that don't know Greek mythology know who Zeus is. Let's see. I'm going to Google actors who have played Zeus. Okay, well, these, in the Percy Jackson movies, Sean Bean played him. (laughs) In the movie Immortals, which Henry Cavill is in, Luke Evans played him. Um, Apparently, Christopher Walken has played Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Lawrence Olivier in Clash of the Titans. Okay, there's a picture of Luke Evans as Zeus, and I'm not convinced. I'm sorry. It's just not working for me. The Zeus, the way he looks in the animated movie Hercules, Disney, he... Yeah, Steve. Stay in your lane over there. Um, do, you, do you know, can you picture what I'm talking about? The Disney movie Hercules, the way he looks? Yeah. That's, I think, the way Zeus should look. You know, like an older man, like you said, white beard, white hair, big dude. I don't think he should... Jolly. But Scarlet, Scarlet kind of, like, makes them seem younger right but if we're going younger what's oh the other Hemsworth brother oh Gail yes girl he cannot play Zeus he could no 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 did you know he auditioned for Thor really yeah but his brother got it of course (laughs) Of course. What about the dude that plays Loki as Zeus? Tom Hiddleston. Oh. That voice? I don't think he's 
Steve's shaking his head now. Yeah, I don't okay, Steve, who would you cast as Zeus? Let's hear your suggestions. In a live action movie. <laughs> you said that's a tough one. It is tough. It is tough. Because are we going older? Are we going younger? Right. Are we going traditional white hair? Are we going modern dark hair? Like He said Jason Momoa. Listen, honey, Jason Momoa is a very good looking man, but he does not have the brain cells to pull off a character like Zeus, okay? It's now, not I think he could he probably could pull off Poseidon because he could pull off Poseidon. Poseidon. But since he's Aquaman, I didn't want to typecast him like right. that. Right. Because, yeah, obviously when I first read Poseidon, that's exactly who I thought of was Jason Momoa. I mean, he's the perfect-looking Aquaman. But being cast as the all-powerful Zeus, I don't think Jason Momoa could pull it off, in my opinion. So he's technically, the kind of, he's not all-powerful. Technically, he's the same power as Poseidon and Hades. But but Zeus is the god of the gods. Like god of thunder, like rumble, rumble. Yes, he's the god of thunder, and he's the god of the gods. Okay, that is a good one. Steve said Patrick Wilson. I could definitely see that. Okay, okay. You know, from The Conjuring? Yeah. And also the brother in Aquaman. (laughs) 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 We, we, um... We really enjoy Patrick Wilson in this household. We like watching all of his movies. So, speaking of which, Conjuring 3 is coming out soon. I'm super excited. You're the horror aficionado. Do you like the Conjuring movies? They're my some of my favorite horror movies. They're some of my favorites, yeah. Really? That is surprising coming from you. It's just because, like, I read all of these stories about the Warrens, like, way before they started releasing any of these movies, before they even thought about them. So I was excited when I heard that they were going to start coming out. Yeah. They are... They are uh, big in the parent... Like, if you're into paranormal, you've heard of them. And so it's cool that they're focusing on different cases of theirs. And, like, when I saw The First Conjuring, oh, my God, that movie fucked me up for, like, two weeks, dude. It's like so Insidious like, ones are good as well. I do like Insidious. I made Steve watch the first one. I don't think we've watched the second one. And I remember the third one. Um, well, I mean, it has Patrick Wilson. Those aren't about the Warrens, but the third one is about like a different family. And I remember it not being as good. Yeah, it wasn't as good, but it was still good. Do you like Sinister? Not really. <laughs> I made Steve watch the first one. We haven't watched the second one. Um, but, you know, we watched these stories, like, with these demons who I will not name. And I do not allow their name to be said in my house. Which, Sinister, the, you know, the main one. Steve, I was like, Steve, I'll only watch this with you if you promise not to repeat his name. And what's the first fucking thing he does? He says... <laughs> His fucking name in my house. I'm over here burning sage. I'm lighting a protection candle. I'm like, bitch, we do not play with these demons, okay? I'm not about to play with you. You're going to do this shit? You go stay at your mother's house and say their name is there, okay? Take your Ouija board with you. Hey. Oh, I left my Ouija board at my dad's house when they moved, like, seven years ago. And I will not take it home. <laughs> uh, I should have taken it out when my aunt was over there the other. Or I wasn't there, but she was there. And she's like anti 
Ouija board. And next time she's over, I swear I'm going to pull that hoe out. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad, like, doesn't care. It's just, like, in a closet upstairs with, like, a stack of board games. Um, But my nieces and nephew know that it's there, and they don't want it there. And one of the nieces swears she saw a ghost. (laughs) 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 Good times, good times. Okay, let me make sure I didn't have anything else to talk about. So we talked about casting a little bit. Um, Did we cast Aphrodite last episode? I don't remember. I don't remember. Who we said for her. Who could be a good... I mean, she's going to have her own series, so... Everything keeps kind of changing for me. The more backstory I get, like, the more people I can think of that could play some of these characters. Mm-hmm. It would be so hard to be a casting director. I have noticed that Scarlet describes a lot of these gods as blonde. Mm-hmm. But, like, in my mind, they're Greek. So they're, like, Greek-looking. You know what I mean? Some are dark-haired. Yeah. Darker hair. Darker features. Um, I'm not saying there are not blonde Greeks. Obviously, like, I think the royal family of Greece is all blonde. But, you know, royal families, like, mix in with people from other countries. <laughs> so, I don't know. When I think of casting these characters, I'm thinking of people with, like, brunette hair and stuff. But it doesn't really matter. It's not my movie. It was just for fun. Aphrodite, I mean, I'm, I agree that she's always struck me as blonde just because you know there's so much hype about blonde girls yes and she's the goddess of love right so i agree with that what about hephaestus it describes him as like a big dude with a lot of scars singed hair because he's working on the fire all the time Mm -hmm. you know but he's really reserved like a real brute kind of guy Hmm. Maybe the mountain from Game of Thrones. I don't know any people from Game of Thrones. Okay, so he's got other stuff, <laughs> but I don't know if he's been in anything that you would know of. I'm Let me sure. Google it. The, he's called the mountain. Yes. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, he's a big dude. I can't say his name. There's <laughs> no way. Hawthor? Is that what it is? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Bjorn. No. Sir Gregor. Oh, that's his. Sir Gregor name. was the name in, yeah. In Hawthor is his name. Probably not saying it right. Uh, he's Icelandic. Yeah, they have some different looking letters in Iceland. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, I could definitely see him. Someone like him would be a good Hephaestus. See, who, who's Hephaestus? Since you know everything. He's like a blacksmith. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> the blacksmith of the gods. Damn it, I hate when he knows everything, Lacey. It really burns me up, and I hate history it. History buff. He's, he's the history buff. <laughs> we found this Anyways. out. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, he is the history buff. Oh, my God, don't play Trivial Pursuit with him. 
when we played at Christmas, my dad was like, how do you know this? Like, my dad was getting pissed. <laughs> they Good. Like, random stuff. He's like, no answer. And he's like, it's about time somebody kicked Herman's butt. <laughs> well, that's because my dad cheats. He prefers to play games that he owns because he likes to go in there and read all the cards. So if you bring a game over that he's never seen before, he gets all pissy about it. <laughs> God. Anyway, well, that's all that I have. Um, Lacey has picked our next book. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what it is? So it's not exactly current, but the series is current because they're still being released. It is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. So, do we want to read that in two weeks, or do we want to read it in one week, like you mentioned? That is probably two. Let's say two, because Tuesday is our girl Scarlet's book. So, So two weeks from today, we'll talk about A a Court of Thorns. That's a tongue twister. A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. Grab your copy. Um, It's all over Instagram, because, like, the fifth book just came out. Mm -hmm. Is it the fifth? Number four, because I think there's a novella in between. A Court of Silver Flames is the one that just came out. That's all over Instagram, and everyone's talking about it. And Lacey and I both wanted to read this for a while. So yesterday, I was like, hey, pick a book. And she was like, okay. I was like, hey, you should pick this one that we both want to read. And she was like, okay, done. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it yet. It's sitting on my shelf. I've got it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, we both have owned it for a while. And <laughs> now we're finally going to get to read it. So that's exciting. Um. Is it kind of sci-fi-ish? Yeah, but well, it's Faye. Oh, I love books about Faye. This is going to be fun. Here, I'll give you a little synopsis. I've got it right in front of me. When 19-year-old Huntress, Fair, Fair, F-E-Y-R-E, Fair, Fair. Yeah, I think Fair is good. Kills a wolf in the woods. A terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous magical land, she knows about only from legends, Fair discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of the legal immortal fairies who once ruled her world. At least he's not a beast all the time. As she adapts to her new home, her feelings for the fairy Tamlin transform from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie she's been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But something is not right in the fairy land. An ancient wicked shadow is growing, and Fair must find a way to stop it or doom Tamlin and his world forever. Okay. Well, we'll see what the hype is about in two weeks. <laughs> we'll see if it's as hot. Next week, we'll have our talkie sode. Um, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so just maybe some comments, suggestions. Yeah, send us some suggestions, and maybe we'll ask for some on Instagram. But that's all I have, guys. Two bookworms one podcast gmail.com. Yep. Instagram, two bookworms one podcast. Bye. Bye. Little, say bye. Yeah.